we started meeting in a small group. So about four years, officially one more year, and we've beat the statistics for church, y'all. So can we make it one more year? Yeah? Okay. One more year. But um, I need to get into today because I'm, I'm nervously excited. I'm nervously excited. I don't even know how to say that word. Because uh, if, if, if y'all know anything about me or have been following me the last couple of years, um, you know that I've kind of been on this journey and asking God, God, if you still work in this way, show me. You with me? Show me. Like, if you still work in this way, show me. And God's done and showed me some amazing things. So what I'm about to say, you've got to understand, this is new to me. Like, this is like, I'm about to poop my pants with the phrase that I'm about to use. Because, I, mainly because I know the implications it has for me. Because I don't know about y'all, but in the book of Hebrews, it says that I, as a communicator of God's word, is going to stand before God, and I will be held to a higher standard than anyone else. So when I'm about to say this, don't, one, I can't believe I'm saying it, but two, understand that I don't take this phrase lightly. You with me? Because, listen, I don't want to stand before God one day and him go, um, why'd you say that? And, judge, and be judged based on the words that come out of my mouth. But this is how much that I believe this is true for us today, is that I believe that today's message is a prophetic message for Shift Church. And I don't say that lightly. Trust me. Okay? Because at the, in the, what we're going to do today is, you know, we work through a 43-day fast. Remember? And during, at the beginning of that 43-day fast, I said, I don't know what this is for, but during this 43-day fast, if God gives you a number, at the end of this fast, I want you to come write it down. And even at the end of that 43-day fast, people are like, what's the numbers for? I, have no, I didn't know. I didn't have a clue. You with me? Like, I'm like, I'm praying to God, God, don't make me lay in bed for 20 years. Like, people thinking I'm crazy, and then 20 years from now, I go, I got it! And then try to call everybody else back in and go, this is what the numbers were for. Okay, because it would be a little too late. But luckily, God hasn't done that because we're going to work through those today. And just as a side note, for those who are interested, out front, um, there's a list, there's a packet, three pages packet with the numbers that were turned in and what they correlate to in Scripture. So if you're like, Derek, I don't know why, I think you're just making this stuff up. I'm giving you that. Okay, you with me? Trust me, I did my due diligence. You with me? So that's out there, but you'll also see the numbers pop up on the screen for you to take home. So your paper's out there for you to take home, and the numbers will be on the screen. But today, I want to talk to you about the first number. It's an, it's, it was the easiest one to figure out. 2020. Everybody remembers the year 2020, right? <laughs> but I don't think that's really what it was for. Today, I want to I lay down God's vision for us. And I know that most of y'all are thinking that when we, when we think of the word vision, we think of, you know, like 20, like we think, we think of what we can see with our eyes, right? We, I just took Zane and Lyric and myself to get our eyes checked this week to make sure we had vision. vision. Zane is legally blind, y'all. Just kidding. But he, he does got some of them ball frames, you know what I'm saying? Sorry. But Lyric's like, do I get glasses? Do I get glasses? No. Oh, man. Talking back. But 
Today I want to lay down a vision, a vision that we can't, don't see with our eyes. It's a, it's a vision you can see with your eyes closed. Something that you can dream about. Something that you can, that when you close your eyes, I, I think of the story of when, when, when they're, trying, they're trying to, for, like it hadn't rained, there's been a drought for years, and the prophet told the person to go check for a cloud. There was no cloud. Go check for a cloud. Go, there was no cloud. Like, for a, I, if I was like that runner, I'd be like, dude, listen, I'm not going to go check no more. There ain't no clouds. And then he comes back one time and says, there's like a cloud the size of a man's fist. And he goes, go tell him it's about to rain. I hear the sound of rain. I see, are you kidding me? I mean, yeah, we might get a drop out of that thing. He, he, it's a vision that he could see with his eyes closed. Here's the thing about vision and why vision is so important. Our friend wrote in Proverbs 29, 18, he says, when, when, there is no, when there is no vision, there is nothing that keeps you moving forward. When there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. When there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. One translation says that they stop caring. You with me? Have you ever worked for a boss who was just like, had no motivation, no vision, and you're like, when you showed up to work, you're like, you're, you're just there for a paycheck? Have you ever had a job like that? You know, sometimes, like, I think we all have at some point. And maybe we've had days like that. Because here's the deal. If there is no vision, what this means, there is nothing that keeps us moving forward. That's why it's hard to work for, a, 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 work for somebody who's not a visionary, that's not, that doesn't, can't, doesn't, doesn't have any motivation. You with me? Because if there's, if there's nothing that keeps us moving forward, then we're not going to work. Like, what's the end goal? If there's no end goal, if there's not a clear end goal, there's, if it's not posted and not written and not like spoken about, why, like, why would I follow that? So I'm going to come here for my paycheck and I'm going to move on. You with me? And here's the thing, like here's the crazy thing about vision. That with no vision, when it comes to our spiritual life, there is no vision, there's nothing that keeps us moving forward toward the thing that God has showed us in our vision. You with me? And I'm not just I'm not talking about just for shift church, I'm talking about your for your home and for your life. In fact, I want you to picture yourself. Close your eyes and picture yourself. You, look, you want that new body? Cut it out. Cut a picture of your head out and put it on top of that new body. Picture it. You with me? You want that picture-perfect family? Picture it. Get the vision in your head. Write it down. That's why it's important. Like, I judge you if you're not taking notes. Just kidding. But kind of. Write it down. In fact, Habakkuk tells us what to do with vision when we hit this vision. He says... Then the Lord said to me, write this vision plainly on tablets. It goes on to say, make it clear, like, make it clear so people can understand. And I think for a long time, we, like, what I'm going to talk about today isn't a whole lot different than what our vision and our, our charge has been, but I, it's God giving it to us in a, one, a fresh way, but two, a specific way, a charge. Because right now, God wants to show, something, show us something bigger than ourselves something different than what's going on in the world around us, something so big that only he could get the credit for it. We've used that phrase a lot in the past, haven't we? But how many of us have actually believed it? Or thought about what does that look like? 
something so big that only God could get the credit for it. Like, I believe God's going to do something big so that when people see us as Shift Church, when people see you as an individual, when they see your family, they're going to look at you and look at us, and they're going to go, man, what is this phenomenon? What is this phenomenon? Like, I'm, like, I'm not just talking about this house. I'm talking about your home and your life and your job. What does phenomenal mean? I love definitions. What does phenomenal mean? Phenomenal is a fact or event that occurs without explanation outside of the supernatural or God's intervention. Anybody want to move like that? That's what it means. That's what phenomenon means in regards to for God doing something so big that only he could get the credit for it. Most of us, our visions are too small. We dream too small. If I could just get there and God's like, no, I want you to be way over there. You're dreaming of a fishbowl and I want to put you in an ocean. Because I believe this year we're going to see addictions broken, marriages restored, people healed, and people saved. That is what I believe we're going to see at Shift Church. That's what I believe is going to happen in your home. Addictions broken. Marriages restored, people healed, and people saved. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's this next number. Number 11. The thing that when God gives us a vision for our church and for our life as individuals, we will be held accountable for God's call on our life. Not just me. Like, Derek, you're a preacher, you're going to stand before God and he'll be held to a higher, you're right. But the call on your life is just as important. And you will be held accountable for the things that God has called you to. The number 11 is a reference to judgment. That's why songs like the 11th hour quickly pass me by. Dars of Clay, anybody? Old school, baby. 11th is is a reference to judgment. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 5.10, this is what it says. He says, For one day we all will be openly revealed before Christ on his throne so that each of us will be duly recompensed or judged for our actions done in life, whether good or worthless. So you're going to be judged not only on the good that you did, but the worthless that you did, the evil that you did. So here's the thing, though about vision. The vision that's given from our creator, and this is so unique because, you know, God can, God can do whatever he wants with whatever he wants. You with me? Like, in reality, he could have done all this. He could save people without using people like me and you. You with me? Like, he could have just said, wham, bam, there you go. You know what I'm saying? But his vision always needs a vessel. A vessel is something you carry something with. You with me? His vision needs a vessel to carry it out. So the question becomes, and this is where I'm starting to get a little excited, are you ready for the vision and the charge that our Creator has given us at Ship Church? Now, if you're not, you can listen. It's okay. Come and enjoy 
listening to me rap and do whatever you need to do. You with me? But if you're going to call Shift Church home, you better know what we're going to be doing this next year according to what you all wrote down. You with me? What step, what practical steps? Because anytime there's a prophetic vision, there's practical steps for people to walk in. You with me? So one night, you can go ahead and put it in the next number. One night I was laying in bed and I was praying about this, this is that prayer of God, don't make me look crazy. Don't make me look crazy like I don't want to wait 20 years and finally get the answer. And, and I was specifically talking about, uh, thinking about these two numbers. Number 17 was turned in twice. You know, there's, there's all kinds of stories I could tell y'all in the months of this week that I was thinking about these two numbers specifically that's happened. From people calling me to Jack's writing and bringing me another piece of paper that had the number 17 on it to confirm that this is but I'm laying in bed one night, and this phrase just keeps coming to my head. This phrase keeps coming to my head. We're not, I'm not going to tell you the phrase yet. But it keep, and I was like, God, if, if that's it, I want to make sure it lines up. Because I don't want to just be like some fragrant phrase out here that has no grounding in it. And so as the next day, so as I was thinking about this phrase, this phrase that of, of what God, what I believe God is calling us to. The next day I looked up what the number 17 represents biblically. Anybody want to know what it means? 17 biblically represents to overcome the enemy. To overcome the enemy. So it got me thinking some more because you know I like to think. Brittany may say otherwise. What is, what does overcome the enemy look like and we've used this verse so many times right you, most of y'all probably know what verse I'm going to Revelation 12 11 that says they conquered him completely through the blood of the lamb but I conquered him that means the enemy overcoming the enemy completely through the blood of the lamb and the powerful word of their testimony but then it got me thinking okay that makes sense testimony what is a testimony well it's a story the story that we tell, right? But that's not exactly true. You know that? You want to know what testimony means? Testimony literally means carried evidence or proof provided by, by the existence or appearance of something. Or, a.k.a. vessel. Wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me. Hold up. You're telling me that... It makes total sense now that we are vessels that carry something, and what we carry matters. Carried evidence or proof provided by the existence or appearance of something. Like a vessel carries stuff. I think about, like, I think about jars of clay where they got their name from. Talks about we carry something inside of us. In fact, I'm going to read that verse. I forgot that I put it in there because it's not in my notes. 2 Corinthians 4 7 says, We are like common clay jars. One translation says, earthen vessels that carry this glorious treasure within. What is this glorious treasure? It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that saved us and changed us. We literally carry that in us. 
We are like common clay jars, earthen vessels that carry this glorious treasure within so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's and not ours. What you have in you is not meant to stay with you. It's meant to overflow. That's why the Bible talks about the Spirit of God flows from breast to breast because it can't just be contained in earthen vessels. So, practically, what steps are we to take? So you ready for the phrase that I was thinking of at Med at night? That's going to be our call for the rest of this year and probably for as long as Shift Church exists. And now Joe's going to get excited because I'm unbuttoning my shirt, okay? But the phrase that I had in my mind all night that bad and after I did this discussion was 17 people reached 17 people. That's how we overcome the enemy. Now, it is cubed, and I'll get to that here in just a minute. All right? And if you want one of these shirts, there'll be a, there'll be a sign-up sheet up front, 10 bucks, okay? 17 people reach 17 people. We are called to reach seven, 17 of us. And there's more than 17 in here, but all of us can do this. 17 people in here are to reach 17 people this year. Derek, I don't know 17 people, let alone 17 lost people. That's not my prerogative. That's, you got to get out there. Open up those, that contact list. You know what I'm saying? Put some new names in there. But Derek, what do I say? You are a chosen vessel by God to carry the testimony that's inside of you. You are carrying proof of life change inside of you. And like, if you're really concerned about that, you're going to be concerned about this next part. The number 27 in the Bible. It's not in the Bible, number 27. But if you look up what 27 is, I feel really smart, y'all. We've been given a mission to multiply, right? Okay? God's always been about multiplication, right? I'll tell you, I'll show you in a minute. That, this number doesn't mean anything biblically, but what it is, is three cubed. You with me? Three cubed. That's three with a little three above it. Or you can say three times three times three equals 27. You're like, Derek, what, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I'll get to it here in a second. Here's how I know that God is a God of multiplication. Genesis 1.28, and God blessed them, and God said to them from the very beginning, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and, and have domain over, over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Genesis 35.11, and God said to him, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you, and kings shall come, come from your own body. From the very beginning, he's been about multiplication, right? In multiple ways, you know what I'm saying, fellas? Hey! But it's even more. Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always the end of the age. What does that verse have to do with multiplication? Right? Didn't even use the word multiply, Derek. 
Well, you're right. But do you know what the word disciple means? Or to disciple? Disciple or to disciple means to multiply oneself. To multiply oneself. That's why in 1 Corinthians, and just to give an example, 1 Corinthians 11, 1, Paul would say this, I want you to pattern your lives after me just as I pattern mine after Christ. Multiplication. From the very beginning. 17 people reach 17 people to the fourth generation because God's expectation is always multiplication. But Derek, it's number three. You're right. You're number one. You're the first generation. 17 people that reach 17 people that reach 17 people. Well, good, Derek. I have all year to do that. Thank goodness. Like, ooh, Derek, thank you so much. I can kind of rest for a second. It's the beginning of the new year. I'm getting rearranged, and that's not exactly true because the next number turned in was 150. And Noah, from the time the rain stopped, Noah was on the ark for 150 days. And I believe God is calling us to reach the first seven, for the first 17 people to reach the first 17 people in the next 150 days, which is Wednesday, June 1st. With me? So in the next 150 days, between now and June 1st, 17 people are going to reach 17 people. So that on June 5th, we will be having a baptism service for all the life change. We will. Now, some of you are looking at me like I'm crazy. Now, I'm just believing this. That's not the only thing that 150 represents. Because 150 is the last recorded chapter in the book of Psalms. You know what the last chapter of the book of Psalms says? Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Praise God in his holy sanctuary. Praise him in, in his stronghold in the sky. Praise him for the miracle of, of, of mighty praise for his magnificent greatness. Praise him with the, with the trumpets blasting. Praise him with piano and guitar. Praise him with the drums Praise him with the drums and dancing. Praise him with a, with a loud, resounding clash of cymbals. Praise him with every instrument you can find. Let everyone, everywhere, join in crescendo of ecstatic praise for Yahweh. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Here's the thing, y'all. What are instruments? We've got drums. We've got guitars. We've got everything. But you know your voice is an instrument. Your praise can come from your little voice, how you speak about your God Almighty. In fact, the word praise really doesn't have a whole lot to do with music, by the way, just so you guys are aware. Praise, actually, the definition of praise is to express one's gratitude toward. To express one's gratitude toward. So for the next 150 days, the first 17 people, you're not only going to share your testimony, but you're going to share, share with them what God has done for you and what you're grateful for. That's how we're going to reach them. We're going to carry our story. We're going to carry our testimony. We're going to share our testimony. We're going to give glory and give praise and gratitude for God for the things that we have done, that he has done in us. And after you do this for the next 150 days, we will begin to start with the 43rd book of the Bible. So we're going to look at Philippians. Look at Philippians. We're going to look at the book of Ephesians this year that I know of and the 43rd book. Anybody know what the 43rd book is? It's the Gospel of John. Now, what when you become a new believer? What is the and you go? What book should I read? What would most people say? John, hold up. 
wait a minute, put a little love in it. So after the first 150 days, on that June 5th, not only will we be doing baptism, but we're going to start the 43rd book of the Bible, which is the book of John, while simultaneously, now that you've reached those 17 people, you're going to start having weekly conversations with those 17 people about what we're studying on Sunday through the book of John. Intentional conversations. Not just, hey, how are you today? John 3.16 says this. No, you're going to have intentional conversations with the 17 that you're going to reach. The first set of 17 you're going to reach. The thing is, the enemy is going to distract you and deceive you and try to deceive us, which is the next number, 42. The number 42 represents the Antichrist. The The enemy is going to persuade you to go a different path. There's going to be a lot happening over the next year that's going to try to fight what we're trying to do. The vision that God's given us to multiply 17 by 17 by 17. It represents the Antichrist. He's going to try to convince us to go a different path. He's going to attack us. But we've got to stay focused and we've got, we, we got to keep moving forward because, number 15, we can't rest. We can't rest until it's over. Number 15 represents rest in the Bible. But we can't rest until it's complete. Since we have a vision that keeps us moving forward, 17 people that reach 17 people in the next 150 days. Now you're not going to reach the second, third generation, but you're going to reach the one generation. We can't rest. We've got to keep moving forward. We cannot stop. We've got to keep pushing. Not for shift church's success, but for the kingdom of God's success, which we'll get to in a second. This isn't really about Shift Church growing. It's about the kingdom of God growing. It's never been, nor will it ever be, about Shift Church. I want to make that very clear. Because 100 years from now, let's just be honest, Shift Church is going to cease to exist. One way or the other. You with me? But what will exist is your impact on the generations that you're going to reach. can't rest. John 4.35 says, do not say there are yet four months. This is when Jesus was talking to the woman at the well. She runs back to town, telling oh, you this man knew everything about me. He's more than a prophet. He's the savior of the world. I believe it. He knew everything. Like, y'all got to come see this. Like, he is the Messiah that we've been waiting for. And he's Jewish, and he talked to me, so that must mean, like, he's a good dude. You got to look at the story. Jesus is talking to his disciples, and his disciples are questioning, like, what were you doing talking to that woman? And this is his response. Do not, do not say that there are four, yet four months that comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see the fields are white for harvest. He's talking about the people coming from the town. Because this vessel carried a testimony to her town. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Did you reap that for which you did not labor? Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. And then the next verse, John 4.30 says, I sent you to go keep going. I sent you to reap that harvest which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Here God's asking you to enter into what he's calling us to. 
And then John 9, 4 says, While I am with you, this is Jesus speaking, While I am with you, it is daytime, and we must do the works of God who sent me while the light shines, for there is coming a dark night when no one will be able to work. Our vision starts today. Not a week from now, not 150 days from now, but starts today. We cannot rest. The next two numbers that were turned in were seven and seven. Number seven biblically often represents completion. You with me? Seven days he completed the earth, all of creation. We cannot rest until our mission is complete. And it won't be complete until we stand before Christ. Philippians 1.6 says this, And I am sure of this, at the day of Jesus Christ, at his return or the day that you, that you stand before Christ. Listen, listen, at the, end, at the end of the day, if you're not dead, if you're not dead, he has not died. If you're not dead, he's not done. Well, there come to you. Well, I don't know if I can do it. You got a voice, speak it. You got a hand, write it. Number one, and the last number was that was turned in was number one. Anytime the Bible references one, it's often a thing about unity, but really the Godhead. Trinity. The oneness of the Godhead. We do it all for the glory of the one. We do it all for the glory of the one. You look back at like Genesis 1 1 says that in the beginning God and the God there, the word, the, the Hebrew word used is this word called Elohim, which is a plural construct, or you can say a, plural, a plurality in a name of one God, which represents the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hebrew language is weird, y'all. It literally means a multi-headed Godhead. Father, Son, so from the very beginning, Genesis 1-1, from the day that we stand before Christ, it's going to be for His glory, not ship church, not for our own, not for, not for building anything that we have, but for building the kingdom of God and for His glory. Now here's what I need. I need people to believe this with me. That will take up this charge, this what I believe is a prophetic word for ship church, and over the next 150 days, reach the first 17 people. And with that happening, we have, to, we have to be intentional. We have to be intentional. They're going to know 17 people. Well, you better go sit at some tables at McDonald's and just start talking to people. You better show up at Food City and start handing out cards going, hey, can, I, can we meet for coffee tomorrow? Let me tell you my story. You better, go, you better take that lunch in that, in that break room instead of your car and start having intentional conversations. You better start sitting across the, from that table from that family member who you can't stand, who you know needs Christ, but you're not willing to sit across from, you best do it. Because God is calling you to it. I need some people to believe it with me. 17 people reach 17 people cute. And it starts in the next 150 days.
on June 5th, we're going to have some baptisms of a life change that's happened in the previous 150 days. To be honest, for those watching at home, who's going to watch at home later, and for this room, it may be some of y'all sitting in this room or watching on the other side of the camera. And if that's the case, guess what we're going to do? We're going to celebrate. I'm going to get my Pentecostal hop on. But I need people to believe it with me. Will you believe it with me? Will you take this charge the next 150 days? Because here's the deal. You guys wrote the numbers. I didn't. <laughs> but I really believe God's calling us to do this the next 150 days. Pick up the mantle and go with it. Just be a vessel. Say, God, I want to thank you so much for what you called, what you called us to. You have allowed us to be a part of your story. I pray that our faith is loud in front of the people, the people that you've called us to reach. God, I pray that we take this word and we take it serious. God, I pray that you raise up a generation, and by generation, I mean a group of people you move so powerfully in that people look at us and say, man, that is a phenomenon. What are they doing? Like, that cannot be happening outside of something supernatural happen, happening. I better go ask them and allow us to be bold and say, it is because of Jesus Christ and what he's done on the cross has changed me and now it's changing the people of the world around us. God, I believe. I believe your blood still works. I believe your, your hands still work miracles. God, I believe you, you can still change lives. God, I pray that we be a people that doesn't shriek back from what you're calling us.